Blog Talk Radio. guys welcome to the <clears throat> excuse me the april 3rd episode of rubber guard radio i am your host kz i have my special guest host on the line jeff dino and i also have my other co-host alex fan on the line um before we get started i do have office um business to attend to here um i am going to announce that alex saint has been suspended from the rubber guard radio staff for his lack of violating our wellness policy um i'm sorry guy but you need to violate it a little bit more so you're no longer welcome on my show thumbs down alex down <laughs> am oh, i on boy. you're on alex okay am i gonna have to super kick you and send you into retirement hey thumbs down alex thumbs down <laughs> Oh, man, what's going on, fellas? Hey, who watched WrestleMania? That's all I'm saying. I watched it. How, how many <laughs> people domestically watch that show, KZ? I watched... Oh, um, I'm sticking with my 1-3. One 1-3. Three. One three. If over 1 million people didn't watch that show with the Floyd, Merriwe- Floyd Mayweather and Shawn Michaels-Rick Flair match, then I, mm-hmm. I don't know what WWE has to do. Uh, WrestleMania this year, I think, has proven that it's transitioning from just a normal show to a big, big event. And uh, I think we're going to see a continuation of that. And then um, I, I, something else that uh, I, hopefully that independent promotions are able to follow the WrestleMania. I don't know what Ring of Honor could do in Texas, but I hope that uh, WrestleMania continues to be a bigger event, but also what WrestleMania doesn't offer to you, i.e. in that of a convention or other shows, then hopefully uh, the independent promotions locally make up for that. Because I guarantee you that the inclusion of the TNA tapings in the Ring of Honor shows made the overall WrestleMania weekend a lot better. But who better to ask than a man who was there, Mr. Uh, the owner of the pretentious San Diego company, SoCal Pro, Jeff Lino, he's down there. <laughs> so, so, Jeff, how was uh, the WrestleMania weekend uh, for you? Uh, I, had a, I had a good time. Well, you know what? I want to throw this out there, too. Mr. Jeff Dino not only attended this year's WrestleMania, but you've attended, like, the last four WrestleManias, haven't you? Excuse me? Haven't you also attended the last four WrestleManias? No, no. I missed the last four. Studio session. Hold on. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm getting, uh, let me call back. Okay. Okay. 
we'll get Jeff to call back in. Uh, okay. Wow. Yeah, but Mr. Jeff, I know he attended uh, the Chicago. I think he. Re- I know he attended the Detroit WrestleMania for sure, and he's been mm-hmm. to a couple of WrestleMania. Casey, what are your thoughts on that? I think the only thing WWE can do to WrestleMania weekend is to have a a, a, a convention with legends. Because I mean, what, what better use to make use of those, all those legends contracts and to have them come down WrestleMania weekend and to have uh, Hall of Fame Hall of Fame week. Maybe not Hall of Fame week, but maybe a Hall of Fame day where all Saturday you have a convention. At a at a convention hall, which is close by the venue for the Hall of Fame, and then you have uh, the Hall of Fame at another location. Mm. It's not a bad idea. I mean, I mean, they got the they got the Legends contract. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, they got all the guys at their disposal. That's very true. Um, well, our first guests are actually our guests will be calling in very soon. Sean Davis of the Heartbreak Express will be calling in at 7:15. And at uh, 8.30 tonight, uh, we have a, 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 a last-minute guest, Jesus Cruz, who owns, <clears throat> excuse me, promo- my Spanish is horrible, but Promociones Califa, which is uh, it's a Lucha Libre company up here in Northern California. They're running a Lucha show this Sunday. Um, at I think the, they'll be right What was that? Jeff Dino. Yes. Are you are you on the line? Yes, I am. Okay. Cool. All right. What was how what long, was your favorite? How long, how, well, how long do we have Mr. Sane on here today for? Hell if I know. He just put down the phone. I guess his boss must have walked up. Oh, okay. No, I had a, I had a right. good time. I thought it was a it was a fun weekend. So, uh, what was your favorite match? Favorite match, uh, I would have to say uh, uh, Flair Michaels. Uh, I did mm-hmm. like the Undertaker Edge match. Mm-hmm. And, and the Money uh, in the Bank was nuts. And then Money in the Bank. They actually told a story in the Money in the Bank match, which was awesome. You know, they did just it wasn't spot, 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 boom, 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 spot, spot, spot. They were actually told stories, and then, you know, shit made sense. And, you know, I, I take my hat off to Edge. Edge has graduated, okay? Edge has graduated to the upper echelon of workers. You know, he he stole the show. Edge and Undertaker stole the Ric Flair show, WrestleMania. That match was perfectly done. I gave it four and a half stars myself, and I've watched it three times. Um, the finish was just awesome. The spear into the Gogo Plata doesn't get any better than that. It was a, it was a definitely definitely a good match, definitely yeah, definitely uh, really good. The whole show was great. Uh, I I had a lot of people calling me up asking me what happened with the fireworks. I actually didn't see anything happen, but I heard later on a couple of people got burned. Um, About forty people got burned. Yeah, <laughs> I, did, I did see the I I did see a you know a dozen ambulances after when I was leaving. Uh, it was tough for them. It was tough for them to even get to the building with you know seventy thousand people leaving the building. Yeah, no doubt, huh? That's but uh, I, I did get a chance to watch the show. Uh, I watched it actually a few times over the over the week because <clears throat> um, you you see a lot of things that you don't see when you're there live. Yes. Uh, especially with the lights going out for a match and a half. And well, that that and also also I think the venue um, when you're in a stadium. It's quite different as opposed to an arena. 
Yeah, what I'm saying, because half the time you're looking at the damn screens. Yeah, I I caught myself looking at the screens that were above the ring quite a bit, Mm -hmm. and I I kept making, you know, I kept, you know, pulling myself back down to look at the ring. Um, But with the lights going out, you know, we saw everything perfect. But when I watched it on TV, I mean, you couldn't see anything until the spotlight came down, and you still couldn't really see anything. Well, you know, that, that blackout during that match really didn't bother me because I just uh, fast-forwarded to the finish. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, you, didn't, you, didn't you know, I, I, <laughs> I don't. You know, my biggest I, gripe, <clears throat> my, I think one of my biggest gripes with Mania, though, was Snoop Dogg and what's that girl's name, that other, the other girl that came out? Mm. Oh, the Raven <laughs> Simone? I hate her. Yeah. Yeah, it was her and Snoop, and I thought they were the two the two biggest jokes of the show. They've had months to prepare for this, and they're sitting there reading off cue cards, and they they could barely get that right. And you know, to me, that just looked really unprofessional. Um, I'm sure I'm the only one, though. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry, Jeff. I'm gonna attempt to go outside and have a cigarette. Um, for those that don't know, I, I am a smoker, but I started to take my uh, try to quit smoking pills today. So <laughs> you're gonna get then you're gonna get hooked on the then you're gonna get hooked on the pills. No, it's different. It's and, not oh, it's, it's not, not it's not, not nicotine. Oh okay. It's not nicotine, it's for uh it it affects the dopamine in your brain. Okay, so they don't own the pills, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. I I pop other other types of gimmicks, but you know that's neither here nor there. I you know I'm the the polar opposite of CM Punk. Okay. You know, it's there. I will do it. So. So let me ask now, you, what do uh, you think of the Hall of Fame? From what I saw, it was fun. The Rock was fun. Mae Young was fun. And you know what? I did not watch any of the flair. What I was told was they only showed about five or ten minutes of flair on TV. Apparently they yeah, only okay. showed flair and rock. They didn't show anybody else on the TV because I heard Lance Storm talk about it today. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Because when I, now I was now when I was there, I kept thinking to myself, you know, I wonder what they're going to be showing on TV because the Rock was there speaking for. I mean, he had to be up there for at least forty-five minutes. They need to get the venue for all day because I know Mr. Jeff Dino knows about getting venues or whatever. I mean, they need to go and get the venue for longer because if you're putting somebody in the Hall of Fame, a lot of these guys, this is the last time they're ever going to be able to talk to their wrestling fans. And, I mean, mean, you don't have a lot to say. I mean, Rick Flair, I mean, apparently Flair had to cut 10 years out of his career because they kept trying to cut him off. Yeah, I mean, you know, Flair spoke for about an hour and a half. And I know people around me were getting bored, but I was, you know, I was sitting there listening. I could have heard him go for another two hours. Hey, that's and that that is that's the only Ric Flair shoot interview you're ever going to get. <laughs> and you know what? It kind of pissed me off because you know, well, I mean, I would have liked to sit there and listen to more, you know, more shit that he had to say. But uh, Triple H inducted him, and then he, uh, you know, he stood next to him on the stage. Or one of the guys. Orange should What's have inducted him, not Triple H. Orange should have inducted Flair, not Triple H. I think it should have been Steamboat. 
steamboater Arn. I mean, because when you say no, 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 no. If there was, if there was no steamboat, there would be no flair. If there was no Arn, I mean. No. Arn, hey, Alex. I'm telling, Alex. I'm telling you. Don't we, insult we, my intelligence. I'm just saying, though, Flair made a lot of people's careers, and Steamboat definitely at the height of his career. Steamboat's a legend, no doubt, but when you want to talk about the height of Steamboat's career, now, obviously, the Macho Man Randy Savage match for WrestleMania 3 was a big moment, but, I mean, Flair is the guy who watched Steamboat's a legend today. Alex, come on, brother. Come on now, Jay. Steamboat, I mean, come on Steamboat. Now. All right, all right, now, now the old man's going to talk. <laughs> Steamboat was Steamboat. never still. Steamboat and Flair both came out of the same class, okay? And they finally met up together in the Mid-Atlantic. And they had, they've had over a thousand matches together. How many, and, you how many know, other people I, Flair wrestled over a thousand times, though? I don't think Flair's wrestled anybody as much as he's wrestled Steamboat. And that's counting yeah, Dusty. I'm telling you, when you think of Nature Boy Rick Flair... You think of the horsemen, and when you think of the horsemen, we're the only two components that have always been there, the enforcer, Arn Anderson. And the enforcer, because, I mean, how heartfelt was the moment when Arn Anderson brought Ric Flair back to TV on that Nitro? That's one of the few Nitro moments I think everyone remembers. True. And Arn, because, I mean, Steamboat, yeah, Steamboat's got plenty of Flair stories. Steamboat was there for the majority of Flair's career. But when you think Ric Flair, you think Arn Anderson. All right. All right, I'll go one step further. I think it should have been a round table induction instead of, say, Dusty, Arn, and Steamboat. And Dusty could have talked about how he wanted to take the title off of him in 87 and put it on uh, Rick Steiner. <laughs> well, let me, let me finish up by saying what I was saying, though. Uh, so Triple H was up there on stage, and the, one of the clowns in the back had to keep coming up to Triple H to tell Flair that his time was up. And the guy came in on three separate times, and the crowd was pissed. They were booing Triple H every time he walked up to Flair. You know, and like you said, you know what, they should have they should have rented out that building, you know, till 2 or 3 in the morning and just let people go and not give people time limits. That's right. Especially with someone who's, you know, 30 years behind them. How can you how can you do that in a half an hour? Now it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of heartfelt next year if we hear Kevin Von Erich speak. Yeah, well, I'm I'm I kept hearing a lot of people say that you know uh, the whole Von Erich family will be inducted yeah. and possibly Steve It'll Austin. Be, yeah, Austin. Austin's the draw. He, he's the main event. Um, <clears throat> now, do you think that they're going to do a a DVD release of just the Hall of Fame, or are they going to do the same package deal they do with WrestleMania? No, because I think with uh, the inclusion of it being HD DVD or whatever, because uh, has the WWE started releasing them on HD DVD yet? I don't know. I don't buy WWE. So. Okay, well, um, I, th- I think they should include it on a package, because if I go to Best Buy now, I start seeing a lot more package DVDs anyway. They got all well, the they- new... Uh, They've been doing the package deal for the last couple of years, though. Yeah, but the, the the thing is, though, they have four plus hours of footage for that from that Hall of Fame. They could do their own set. Yeah, but if you look back at the the last couple of WrestleManias, I know the WrestleMania from Chicago had the Hall of Fame and also include the Saturday Night's main event. So I think they're right. also scrounging around for footage, and I think the Hall of Fame will it'll take up a disc. 
No, Alex, all they all they have to do is put Ric Flair on the cover, and they'll sell, you know, they'll sell a shitload of them. But oh, I yeah. do have a caller on the, I do have a caller on the line from the 727 area code. Caller, welcome to Rebel Guard Radio. Who am I speaking with? Hey, this is the one and only superstar, Sean Davis. Pleasure to be How here, you? sir. How are, how's the body, brother? I heard you got killed Saturday. <laughs> um, I'm a little bit of a mess, to be honest with you. I'm still uh, picking uh, shards of glass out of my behind, to be honest with you. But uh, <laughs> it was Mark, a fun time, fun time in Orlando. Well, I can tell you, Mr. Sean Davis, now, when I first heard about the, the stipulation of the, the three stages of hell, it, it scared yeah. me as a, as a fan. Now, how did you go into it? knowing you were going to have to wrestle this match. Well, <laughs> it's definitely a different experience, man. I'll tell you, you, you know, you know, you always get psyched up whenever you wrestle, you know, especially if there's going to be a big crowd and a lot of attention there. And, um, you know, a match like this was especially exciting for us. There were uh, quite a few members of the, uh, well, at least a couple that I recognize, members of the Japanese press there. And, um, you know, just a lot of overall attention. So, man, we were just, you know, just psyching ourselves up for hours. And to be honest with you, I do a little bit of praying before I get out there, too. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, my co-host that's on the line, Jeff Dino, the owner of SoCal Pro, he was in Orlando, and he saw the butchering that went that happened on, on Saturday night. Jeff, right. you have the office, man. Well, I have to tell you, the, ma- the match... I, I I love that match. That was uh, probably the the match of the night for me. Um, I left uh, nothing against against your match, but I left the night uh, disappointed with the with the product as a whole. The, right. The show. Um, you know, I was disappointed. I didn't see Demolition. I didn't see uh, Steve Carino uh, and right. a few other guys that that no showed, and uh, there was no mention of that either at the show. So I was disappointed leaving the right. show. Uh, but your match was was the match of the night for myself and my friend that was there with me. Um, well, it was just a, it was just a it was just a brutal, pretty much a street fight. <laughs> right, and I gotta tell you, um, you know, for anybody that that knows uh, Bruce Santee and John Davis, man, those are two of the toughest son of a guns in this entire business, man. I've never, I don't think I've ever been in the ring with anybody that hits harder or kicks harder than those guys. There were a couple times where. I literally thought my head was being booted off my body a couple times, and <laughs> I was definitely seeing stars quite a few times that match. But I got to tell you, man, the MVP of the day was definitely John Davis. I mean, his head was split wide, wide open with a wooden chair shot that I, I gave to him, and you know he ended up having to get 15 staples in his head to close that wound. And uh, but he was he was a trooper, man. The referee wanted to stop the match about halfway through because he was losing so much blood, and John kept telling him, no way in hell, he said, we keep him going, and, you know, the guy yeah, well, a lot of cuts. They ended up throwing the match after the, the fireball, he just couldn't, you know, he couldn't call it anymore. Right, yeah, uh, he officially, I think, got counted out, it was last, the last uh, fall was last man standing, or whatever, which is a 10 count, but um, at that point, it just didn't matter, we were all brutalized, and... Pretty much everybody was ready to <laughs> go to the showers to that point, I think. But yeah, just to address the no shows and everything, yeah, I mean, I totally could see how people would be disappointed. I was disappointed not to have Demolition and Steve Carino there just because they're friends of mine. I mean, at least Bill Eady and Steve, I don't know Barry Darso that well, 
But, I mean, I was looking forward just to seeing those guys. And, um, you know, I know the promoter was trying all day long to get Carino there. He kept showing me the text messages. And, um, you know, Carino was stuck at an airport in Detroit or at least, you know, I don't know. That's what that's what the story was. Anyways, I don't know what the story was about demolition. Um, but I know they're scheduled to be there when we return to Orlando in, uh, uh, a little later this month. But. Mm-hmm. So, Mr. Davis, now with you being a Florida uh... – uh, pretty much uh, one of the representatives of Florida when I think of independent professional wrestling. How was it having WrestleMania there that weekend? And what other festivities did you attend? You know, honestly, um, I didn't attend any other festivities just because I just, you know, I was originally, I planned on going to uh, Ring of Honor to see my friends over there, you know, after the show. And, um, and honestly, I just I, I just needed to go get some bed rest after that match. I'll be completely honest with you. You know, I had um, somebody gave me free tickets to WrestleMania. I was going to go to that as well. But I just had one thing on my mind, and that was getting, you know, having a few beers and going to bed after that match. But, um, you know, overall, though, I mean, it was just, you know, it was a great overall experience having WrestleMania in the area. I know it was great for the, you know, the local wrestling fans. Having Ring of Honor there for two nights, you know, just tremendous. Um, Carrie Silk and Gabe Sapolsky, they're doing an incredible job wherever they go, putting on the, the absolute best product in independent wrestling today. I think the best product in all of wrestling today in Ring of Honor. So. Arguably. Yes. Arguably. Yes. <laughs> but I, I'm going to – I will go on the record – I will say that Ring of Honor runs a very close second to the Chikara product. I'm very partial to Chikara just because now, they are newbie. But I understand you, where you're you, going, Casey, but if you, go to, if, you, if you talk about overall products now, Chikara, I've been to a Chikara show too, and then the finances aren't there. But Ring of Honor, when you go to a Ring of Honor show, it's a show. Like I'm not right. a fan of the in-ring stuff necessarily. Some of it's good. Some of it's not, not my taste. I'm not going to say it's not good. It's just not my particular taste. But if right. you want to go to see a show, that's a show. Well, yeah, Carrie, like I said, Carrie does, pulls out all the stops. You know what I mean? He he spends a lot of money on the Ring of Honor live production. You know, he sends the crew down three or four days before the shows to start setting up and getting ready. And, um, you know, they definitely make sure everybody gets their money's worth at Ring of Honor. Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, I'm not always a fan of the style that they, that they um, um, you know, always use. I get burnt out after seeing two or three matches that are just nonstop, you know, flips and big moves with not much psychology. But, you know, I think Ring of Honor overall has a, has a, has a great product, though. I, think, I don't think anybody can deny that. So did you see the Ric Flair-Shawn Michaels match? Yes, I did. I did get to see that on TV, yes. Well, what'd you think, brother? Well, I mean, you know, I'm the, you know, I grow, grew up just being the biggest Ric Flair fan on the face of the planet, pretty much, you know, or one of them. And um, I just, I basically just have had a hard time the last few years watching Ric Flair at all in the ring, just because, you know, I remember the days of him and Ricky Steamboat and, you know, just uh, just you know, putting on some of the greatest matches of all time, and just being the guy that was the man in the business for so long, and it just to me, he's been just a shell of himself for the last few years. And and you know, I mean, there's plenty of guys that wrestle into their late 50s, and it's kind of cool as a nostalgia act to go see them and stuff. But we're talking Ric Flair here. It's like you don't want to see Ric Flair 
being a quarter of what Ric Flair once was, you know. But I, you know, but overall, though, I think they did a nice job with things being his last match. I think Shawn Michaels is incredible. I mean, he's just one of the greatest performers in the history of the business, and I think he did a great job making Flair look look, um, you know, reasonably good in his final match. And I think the way the the finish was uh, was put together was excellent. Do you believe that another wrestler currently active deserves another send off of that proportion? Man, you mean somebody that stands out as much as Flair? Yeah, I mean, with all the the the, the events that took place on the next night Raw and the, the big WrestleMania match they had for him, do you believe that anyone else currently active deserves that big of a send off? Man, I, I gotta tell you, I mean, to me, there's just there's just no compare. I mean. I, for somebody, you gotta look. I mean, there's there's definitely been been uh, individuals in the business that have been better tactical wrestlers than Flair, and have have been better athletes than Flair, and you know maybe you could say better all around. Per- but you know what? There is nobody that has has had the complete package like Ric Flair has had, and for as long, you know, for over thirty years, to be you know the the as far as I'm concerned, the top guy in the business. Um, I think everybody else pales in comparison to Ric Flair. I don't think there will ever be another Ric Flair. How good of a woo do you have? I, I don't have a great woo, to be honest with you. I mean, I, <laughs> nobody has a nobody can compare to Ric Flair. Although I did, I did like Eric Embry's version at one time, but it was it didn't have the long sustained, you know, woo that Ric Flair had. But Eric Embry's was pretty good too. <laughs> I was actually working a show in February, and then I kept wooing. And then a, a fan yelled at me, "You're not Ric Flair," and I was like, oh, right. "I didn't even realize I was doing it." And then <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> yeah. So with um, so you you weren't able to partake in any uh, festivities over the weekend. Um, if you could have, w- would you have gone to any of them? Well, I would have definitely gone to Ring of Honor. Honor. Um, the Hall of Fame, I probably would have gone to. Again, I had tickets for that as well as somebody had given to me, and I ended up going. I mean, and that's going to tell you the, the way I was feeling after the match Saturday, that I missed all this stuff. But, um, you know, I would have definitely liked to have seen the Hall of Fame ceremonies. A couple of my friends that went said that, you know, it was um, definitely something that was memorable. Um you know, I just I'm just a, a huge fan of the of the you know old school wrestling and just to be in the same building with guys like Flair and Blackjack Mulligan and people like that. I would have loved it. You know, I mean, I just you know anytime I can be around the legends of the business, I just you know I'm in heaven basically. You know, that's why I can't wait. We're planning on being out in um in Vegas for the Cauliflower Alley Club in June, and we just you know. To me, that's my WrestleMania. I can't wait to be out there, be with all those legends there. I mean, that's just going to be a great time, and I hope to see a ton of people out there, tons of people in the on the indie scene. I hope everybody's going to come out to the CAC this year. I, I've, I've been to a few of the Cauliflower shows. They're definitely a fun time out there. Uh, it's it's, it's an unbelievable experience. It's a it's a completely different crowd, and it's just a right. completely different weekend than than what a lot of people are used to. Right, it's a class act the whole time, you know. Yeah, it really is. I got a, you know, I got a like, question for you. Um, you yeah. you've spent some time working with uh, AWA and and Dale Gagne. What are what are some of your thoughts working with with him and AWA? And you guys uh, you guys did take the uh, the tag titles. What does that mean to you with uh, you know with the history of the AWA? Well, I mean, wow. Um, 
you know, it's been, it's, it's definitely had its ups and downs. I'll tell you, I mean, we're, you know, we're very proud to go out and rep, you know, and become the AWA tag team champions and the way that they, you know, they put on the two day tournament in Wisconsin. It was a, it was a pleasure to be involved in it, but, um, and you know, Dale, Dale is an interesting character. I mean, I don't know how many people listening have ever met Dale, but he's definitely one of the true characters in this business. And, um, you know, he's one of those, He's one of those people that when you meet him, you're never going to forget him, definitely. And he's the epitome of the old, the old school uh, uh, promoter, if you will. And, uh, <laughs> man, I got a lot of stories I could tell about Dale Gagne in the short time I've known him. But um, Dale's a good guy. He's taking care of us pretty good. You know, it's just um, – I will say this. Being the AWA Tag Team Champions has been the most political thing we've ever been involved with in our, in our career and in ways that you just would not even imagine in this day and age, you know, I mean, um, like I said, you know, we're proud to be the AWA tag team champions, you know, it's very cool to look at the list of all the champions, you know, from the 60s, 70s and 80s, and then to see our names at the end of it, even though whether, you know, you would say it's debatable, whether it's the same lineage or not, it's still a very cool thing. And um, I'd say one thing that's nice right now is having Larry Zabisco as the AWA world champion, um, lends a little bit of credence back to the history of the title. He's actually um, is defending the same title that he had when he was um, uh, with Vern at the time. And, um, you know, it's been an interesting experience. But I'll tell you, though, you know, we've, I've never had so many promoters and other wrestlers try to stab me in the back as many times as, as, as has happened since we've been involved with, um, since we've been the AWA Tag Team Champions. It's really hard to believe in this day and age that um, basically we've had our own version of the Montreal screw job happen to us three times since we've been the champions. I mean, it's really amazing. It's it's actually mind-boggling. If if anybody had told me when we were getting the belts that we literally would have to go into almost any match we've had in another territory, legit knowing that we were probably going to end up in a in a shoot at the end of the match, I would have told you you were crazy. But that's basically what's happened at least three times now. I wonder what the motives would be the, for someone to try to shoot, take the belts off of you. Well, <laughs> it basically, um, you know, I'm going to be completely honest with you. You know, there's, this business is just filled with egomaniacs and people that are incredibly self-centered and, and they don't look at the big picture. And, you know, and I, you know, I gotta admit, I feel a little weird even talking about this on the air, but, but I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm pretty old school and, you know, we're, we're breaking a little bit of, you know, what I believe in right now. But, I mean, it is, it is a story to tell that it is the, the uh, story of, um, of human nature and that human nature, and this is as, as real as it gets, is human nature is, is full of jealousy, and uh, jealousy breeds contempt. And um, every promoter that's involved with the AWA has a tag team that they think should be the tag team champions because they're convinced that their guys are the top guys and they're the top promoter. So what is their incentive to bring the Heartbreak Express in to defend the titles in their area? They've got to pay for our plane tickets. They've got to pay for our hotel. They've got to you know, pay us to wrestle. What's the incentive for them to bring us in? Well, it's to try to get the belts on their guys. And um, this is what seems to be the, um, you know, the trend lately is – guys bring us in thinking that they can outsmart us and screw us over in the ring to get the belts on their guys, but um, there's only been one promoter that's been successful in actually doing that so far, but we got the belts back, and, you know, 
was a pretty hairy situation, but we almost got stranded in a pretty bad part of the country for a few days in the cold and snow. But, <laughs> um, you know, it's just it's a cutthroat business, man, on any level, whether you're wrestling in front of 150, 200 people or 20,000 people. It's really it's really crazy. Someday it's going to make a great book, I'll tell you. <laughs> not, not, not all companies are, are as well ran as New Wave Pro Wrestling and SoCal Pro Wrestling out of San Diego. But there we go. I'd love to find out firsthand that. <laughs> oh, wait, wait till I release my book about Jeff Dino. Wait till I release that book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. What happened with Frankie DeFalco? Oh, geez. Here we go. I have um, to. I have to know. You know. Oh man. Okay. You see, you tend to get me in trouble anytime I'm on this radio show. But um. <laughs> Frankie's a great guy, man. He's a great guy. He's just one of those guys. He's definitely, um, you know, Frankie's a he's a veteran. You know, he's a great guy. But man, you know, there's definitely legit um, competition in this business, man. And he he truly feels like him and his group are the top group, and him and Jake Milliman should be the tag team champions. And um, you know, he's definitely one of these guys. He's willing to do anything to make sure his guy's going on top and he's on top. And, um, you know, like I said, things can get pretty hairy in that ring sometimes. Man. People don't realize how uh, how uh, real this business is. Yeah, I, I heard it was a rough situation. Um, I, um, I have friends that, that work for Bruce City and uh, up in that area. And, and you know, and I heard right. the stories and... I didn't mean to mean to throw you a curveball or nothing. I no, just no, no, kind of wanted to right. get your feelings on it. And you know, I mean, it, it is it is a hot topic, you know, up in you know Minnesota and Wisconsin area still. You know, I mean, is it's it still really? being talked about. Yeah. Well, that's still being talked hey, about. Hey man, as long as they're as long as they're talking about us, I don't really care. You know, that's awesome. <laughs> the more they're talking about us, the better. <laughs> we like to we like to create controversy everywhere we go, Phil and I. You know, there's no doubt about that. So. You know, if we leave a town with them talking about us, it's a good thing. Tremendous. Jeff, any questions? Jeffrey? Yeah. Alex? Yeah. I think we're bored of them. I yeah. think they're falling asleep. <laughs> no, no, no. They're, they're, uh, they're watching uh, certain DVDs that were sent to them. But, oh, okay. Uh, are you awake there, Jeff? Yeah, I've got a question for you. What were your... Uh... What were your thoughts about the uh, the Wrestle Fan Fest up in San Francisco? You guys were up there. Oh, uh, there we go. Yeah, that was. Um, that was a, you guys, you guys had a, um, you guys had an AWA show there uh, for one of the days. I was actually uh, the guy that drove you guys to the um, to the Cow Palace one of those mornings. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, my, yeah, all right. My, myself and another and another worker. Yeah, uh, okay. But uh, you know, just wondering what your thoughts were on that and how the show went for you guys uh, doing well, the AWA show there. Well, the AWA show was, <laughs> was a very stressful situation uh, because, um, uh, like I said, my buddy Dale, gotta love him. You know, pretty much uh, threw that whole situation on my lap to take care of putting that show together for the AWA. Um, you know, originally it was supposed to be a whole bunch of us going out there from the AWA. It ended up pretty much just being me and Phil. And uh, you know, in the in the legend Larry Zabisco walking around, you know, but um, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it was pretty much thrown on my lap to put a show together. And um, you know, the funniest thing that happened was, I mean, everybody out there, man, was a class act. You know, um, 
and the guys from, uh, you know, All Pro and, um, you know, uh, Gabe out there and, um, you know, rolling his crew and, um, you know, just all the local guys. Everybody was really cool and helped us out and really helped save the day because it would have been a mess otherwise. But um, the funniest thing was that nobody bothered to tell the uh, Cal Palace management that there was going to be a show that morning. And, um, you know, we finally got the whole show together. We announced to the crowd, to the people in the convention, go on out and get your seats. And then the building made everybody leave and go back because they said, there ain't going to be no wrestling show. Nobody told us about it. And um, I was about ready just to knock somebody out at that point. I was throwing a fit backstage because we'd gone through so much work trying to get this thing together. And we finally got it together. And then the building's telling us it wasn't going to happen. But then we worked things out, and they made the announcement again. And to my surprise, all the fans went back out there and got their seats, which was very cool. And uh, we had a we had a fun little show. I mean, it was nothing. Uh, it's nothing that's going to go down in the annals of wrestling history as being anything uh, spectacular. But it was fun. But I think for everybody involved, we had a good time. And um, overall, we had a great time that whole weekend. You know, despite all the the problems that everybody, you know, has heard about the, you know, that whole weekend and problems with money and this and that, um, you know, Phil and I just had an absolute blast, man. We made a lot of uh, new friends out there and got to hang out with some of our, you know, old friends in the business and um, just, just had a fantastic time. Just, um, just working that, the show, the, um, you know, the, the big show that they had with all the um, named guys on it and getting to work trade, uh, getting to trade blows with Shavo Guerrero senior in the Cow Palace was a pretty memorable experience. I have a question for you, Mr. Davis. Um, I don't. I imagine you know him pretty well, but I'm not sure. But uh, what are your feelings on uh, the year that Eric Stevens has had? Oh, I mean, Eric's. You know, Eric Stevens is. Um, you know, just an incredible, incredible wrestler. I mean, you know, I mean, I've watched him since you know his first couple matches in the business. I've just watched him progress and progress and progress, and um, he's one of those guys. I mean, it's almost like you know, I you know, I'm I'm only thir- I'm 31 years old, you know, and but I've been doing this since I was 19, and I've seen some of these guys come up that you know were literally like little kids to me, you know, when they first started. You know, and I kind of still look at guys like Eric and Roderick Strong, like, you know, these kids that I, I knew starting out. And, you know, well, you know, I'm so proud of Eric, man. I'm so proud of Eric. He, he's become such a great athlete, such a great wrestler. He's the total package. The thing that worries me, and, I, I, you know, he will tell you that I've told him this a million times now, it seems like I'm so worried about his health overall, man, because – he goes out there and just takes some risks that he doesn't need to be taking. And I've seen him get dropped on his head several times and take blows to the head. And that, you know, he'll literally be walking around in the dressing room not knowing where he is. He just has that look on his face. And it's like, it's like, man, Eric, you're too young to be having your brain scrambled like that. You know, he's like, that's what worries me about a lot of the guys that ring him on. That, that, that's like my buddies, um, you know, Mark and Jay, man. I mean, the Briscoes. I love those guys to death, man. They're two of the nicest guys in the business. Two of my best friends. I, I really love those guys. You know, I love I love all those guys, man. They really are. It really is a brotherhood when it comes to, you know, those guys and how tight we all are, man. But man, some of the stuff they do, you know, I get get worried. These guys aren't going to be wrestling in a couple of years. I don't know what they're going to be doing, you know, because I don't know how many more years they can take the kind of abuse they go through on a regular basis. 
I mean, it's just it worry. Definitely, it really does worry me when I see guys as young as that that take the kind of abuse that they take, which to me is unnecessary. I mean, they could get away with doing a quarter of the things they do and still be just as over as what they are. That's it. That's my opinion. I know people would probably argue with me about that. But um, back on topic about Eric Stevens, man, he is incredible, incredible athlete. Um, the matches I've seen him and Roderick Strong put on FIP have been just phenomenal. I mean, just beyond belief matches. Um, they just beat the living hell out of each other. And it's amazing to me that either one of them, you know, are able to even stand after the matches are over because um, those guys, they give it everything they possibly have got in the ring. And um, well, they're just phenomenal athletes, too, you know. Well, you're close to a lot of the people in Ring of Honor. Do you feel that it's the, they feel that they'll disappoint the fans if they don't go out there and give them a Ring of Honor-style match? Or where do you think the motivation is driven from? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, I definitely think that's it. I mean, I mean, trust me, we've, you know, Phil and I, um, Gabe's brought us up to Ring of Honor four times. And, um, you know, this is, you know, going back, we haven't been there in about, you know, it's been about two years since the last time we were there. But, um, you know, it's just different, you know, just tough crowds. I mean, very, um, just they, they want to see you kill yourself out there to, to really get over. And um, it's definitely tough, man. I mean, like uh, some of the stuff I've seen uh, Nigel McGinnis go through in his matches, you know, um, I just, I mean, I got, I mean, I don't want to sound like a freaking wimp here or anything, man, but I worry about these guys because, I mean, I, you know, I don't know Nigel that well. I mean, he's just, he's more of an acquaintance than a friend. You know, I haven't really gotten real close with him like I have with some of the other guys yet. I'm sure I will, though, because he's a super nice guy. Um, but, you know, I worry about these guys. I mean, I see Nigel, I see Nigel taking these, these blows to the head and on the ring post and on the ring railings and stuff. And uh, in the matches, just uh, and you know, I just sit there, just cringing while I'm watching it, thinking, man, you know, this guy is young. He's got his whole life in front of him, you know, and he's scrambling his brain. But that just goes to show you the dedication these guys have, man. Guys like Nigel McGuinness, the Briscoe brothers, you know, Roderick Strong, Eric Stevens, all those guys, man. They just they literally give it all for the fans. You know, I hope the fans, I really, really hope the fans truly appreciate what those guys go through every time they go out there. Um, you know, they're not getting rich doing this. I'll tell you that right now. They might be making, you know, a little bit more than most of us on the indie scene, but they're not getting rich doing this by any stretch of the imagination. They're doing it because of the love and passion they have for the business. And like you said, they don't want to disappoint the fans. Um you know, it's, that's the same reason why Phil and I, you know, went through what we went through at UXW last week, you know, with the light tubes and all that stuff. I'll be the first to admit, I'm not the athlete that a Jay and Mark Briscoe is, you know, or, or Roderick. I can't do a lot of the things that those guys do. So, you know, when I, when I really, you know, want to, you know, get, you know, quote unquote, get over with the crowd, especially when it's a hardcore audience, a more, you know, smart mark, if you will, audience, um, I'm willing to do a lot more of the, you know, abusive, physically abusive stuff to myself than I normally am, like taking the light tubes and getting the deep cuts and taking the big bumps on the thumbtacks and getting slammed on the hard floor and getting tables broken over me and chairs broken over me. It's just, it's all part of the sickness that we have that we want to, you know, get over with the fans and we want to, you know, give the fans their money's worth. And I mean, um, it's just part of what makes us performers, I guess. Now, 
Now, with you being, uh, I hope you are offended by this statement, but with you being more of a, a veteran on the independent wrestling scene, how do you think that Ring, uh, Ring of Honor is going to affect the future independent wrestling scene, both positively and negatively? Well, I just, you know, it's, I mean, that's hard to say. I mean, Ring of Honor... Ring of Honor is not for everybody. I mean, there are definitely, like, fans here, like, in the South that prefer seeing, you know, Dusty Rhodes-type, um, you know, match, you know, against the Jerry Loyler type, which is more walk and talk and psychology and that. There's a lot of fans here in the South, especially, that would much rather prefer to see that than to see, you know, um, Nigel McGuinness and Delirious or something. You know, uh, it just, it just there's, there's still a... a there's a big, big part of of the, the population that are old school Southern style wrestling fans that are totally disenchanted right now because there's nothing that is that is out there right now that that plays to them, and um, I don't think Ring of Honor would satisfy that type of audience because because they are more uh, want to be brought into storylines. They're more about emotions. The Ring of Honor fans. Um, you know, they're a lot more about, you know, the the big moves, you know, seeing the depth-defying, you know, um, um, high spots, etc. Um, you know, I don't think Ring of Honors, as it is now, is ever going to be for everybody. Um, you know, I'm really, you know, hoping and praying that something comes up that will, um, you know, I'm hoping, the, you know, not to take this the wrong way, but I'm hoping the South will rise again when it comes to wrestling. And um, there's a couple promoters out there right now that are that have plans in the works to um, kind of bring back like a Smoky Mountain type territory to the um, Virginia and the Carolinas and um, Tennessee in that area. I actually had a promoter call me the other day, and they're putting together the TV now, and they have big plans. And you know, while I hear that kind of stuff all the time, I'm really hoping that maybe this one will maybe this one will be the one that gets off the ground, and maybe there'll be some alternatives for the people. You know, especially, like I said, the people that are, um, it's been said before, I know Dave Meltzer said it before, I totally agree with him, there was a huge, huge part of a huge wrestling audience that just stopped watching wrestling when WCW shut down. Oh, and, uh, boy. Was, Hold on just a second, Sean. Oh, yeah. boy. I just uh, I just got in a fan cam of after uh, this past Monday's Raw, mm-hmm. after the cameras were shut off, and Ric Flair decides to take off his jacket, and he's dropping an elbow. Then he drops a knee. It's amazing. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> but I'm sorry this to cut you off. You know what, after Raw. What, what, you know what you were saying about WCW closing. Uh, even I mean, a lot of people were turned off of wrestling when that closed because WCW was in a way just completely different from WWE. Right, exactly. Yeah, and it, it brought so many different fans that were just watching WCW. Right. Right, yeah, and there's, there's just a huge gap right now for the, you know, those people are still out there and they're not watching wrestling, you know, and, um, you know, I, I've talked, you know, I've talked to them, some of these smaller networks that are coming up, like, you know, Versus Network and people like that, and I'm like, you know, what, you know, you know, there's an audience out there waiting to be tapped into, let's tap into it. You know, and um, unfortunately, nobody wants to listen to me. But <laughs> well, you look at the you know the hundreds of, of workers that were out of a job when that happened. Right. Just just think of how many millions of fans you know you know switched the channel when that exactly. happened as well. Exactly. 
Oh yeah, you know they're just they're just there's a disenfranchised group of wrestling fans out there that that need to be catered to. You know, I would love to see FIP. You know, which is you know Ring of Honor Southern um, sister promotion that we work for here in Florida. I would love to see them concentrate on getting some sort of television because um, the way it's booked is very similar to like Smoky Mountain or um, USWA Memphis back in the day. Um, it uses a good mix of the Ring of Honor crew, but with also a lot of, um, you know, Georgia and Florida wrestlers. And um, they say, really, it's a unique promotion. It's a hot promotion. Um, that's something I could see being that would really could satisfy the Southern southern style wrestling fans, the old school wrestling fans. I really think could get into that. Um, I would love to see them get picked up, you know, by, by something major. But I think the problem with that is because of the close relationship with Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor is always going to overshadow FIP. And I just think it's, you'll, I, don't, I, don't think, um, I don't think FIP will ever be put in the position to get as big as a Ring of Honor is, you know. I, I have a question. This is, this is going to be kind of off topic, but um, you brought up, uh, Southern style workers, and then a, a guy who I really enjoyed watching for a long time uh, was Sal Renaro. And then I saw yeah. Sal working of Honor shows. What, what are your thoughts on Sal Renaro? Oh, I love Sal, man. He's uh, one of my buddies. Um, uh, Sal is just he, man. He is the total package, man. As far as um, God Almighty, why that guy doesn't? He's one of those guys where I just sit back and scratch my head and think. Why isn't this guy signed somewhere? I just can't understand. So people are missing the boat when it comes to someone like Sal Renaro because, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you realize it. Like, I mean, I know you. You know, you know what a great wrestler he is. But man, he is just a funny, funny guy too. And he's got yeah. so much personality. He keeps us laughing constantly in the locker room. You know, no matter what the situation is. And um, you know, and he's just such a trooper, man. I've seen him. Like we did, um, we did Cage of Pain two at FIP a few months ago, which was, you know, the big blow off to the Black Market Heartbreak Express against YRR feud, uh, which you know Sal Renaro was one of the main members and is one of the main members of the YRR, and um, and man, he was such a trooper in that match. He took about twenty um, fluorescent light bulbs to his back in the match. And um, then he took a, a big fall from the top of the cage to the canvas, which was just covered in broken glass and um, and thumbtacks. And, and his back was just something like I've never seen before in my life, man. He was so cut up, and they had to take him to the hospital to get his back stitched up and everything. And I'll tell you, man, he did not complain once, man. He, all he did was laugh and make jokes about the whole thing and, Man, he is such a trooper. Sal Renaro is a great guy. Yeah, um, just another one of those guys that should be under contract with a major promotion. What What other? Uh, well, I, I don't. I don't want to throw that out there because that kind of leave a lot of people out. Um, what are your thoughts on Seth Delay? Because when I think Sal Renaro, I think of Seth Delay too because they've been paired up for a long time during their career. Yeah. Well, Seth's my little buddy, man. I mean, this uh, I don't want to mean to sound like I'm, you know, I, I, I love all these guys, man. They're just like my, um, they're my bros, you know. And uh, Seth Delay, you know, Phil and I have had tons of matches with um, with uh, Seth Delay and various partners. Uh, for a while, when Phil and I were the uh, FIP Tag Team Champions, they seemed to have a revolving door of Seth Delay and various partners against us, and um you know, we beat the living hell out of Seth Delay almost every match, man, just because of the size difference. 
And, man, he just would kept keep on coming and keep on coming and keep on coming. I mean, he just has one of those kids that has, like, a, a never-say-die attitude. doesn't matter what you do to him. doesn't matter what you throw at him. He comes back, and um, he's, he's a talent, man. That kid is so talented. I'll tell you right now, one of the best matches I've ever seen in my entire life and you guys should go out of your way to see this. It's on FIP DVD. I can't remember which what the name of the DVD was, but it's um, Sal Renaro against Seth DeLay in a ladder ta- a tables ladder chair match. And it is one of the greatest matches, you know, in over 20 years of watching professional wrestling I've ever seen. These guys just they just tore the house down like you would not believe. They did stuff in that ring I never thought I didn't think it was possible. I mean, at one point they literally somehow got the ladder, one of the ladders to balance on the top rope or the second rope, and they went up to the to the top of the ladder and did a superplex from the top of the ladder through a table on the floor, and it was like how Seth Delay didn't, Seth Delay took the move, how he didn't die, I have no idea, man, but I mean, that just, the guts that that kid has and, and um, um, you know, just the, the talent that that kid has, man, that kid is going to go somewhere. In fact, he recently did some did um some work with WWE. They um taped some vignettes with him and um and uh, John Cena for something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but from what I understand, uh, WWE was very very impressed with him, and um, I hope that leads to him getting uh, getting signed. Um, I promise this will be the last name, and then I'll take the mic to KZ. But I've, I just started watching my old Wildside tapes again, and just seeing a lot of these talented workers that I don't see anymore, kind of. Kind of broke my heart, but what are your thoughts on Corey Chavis? Um, Corey, you know, is um, total is just a, um, um, a tough son of a gun in the ring. Um, he's actually uh, our former bodyguard. He was the bodyguard of the Heartbreak Express for about a year, and uh, we had a lot of fun with him. It was um, it was him as our bodyguard and SoCal Val as our as our manager. And um, man, I, I look back and just had some. We had some great times doing that doing that little group together. Um, Corey's an awesome guy, man. He is, um, he's doing a new, um, actually, um, him and John Davis, who was in the, um, the big match with us at UXW last Saturday, um, they're doing a new tag team together called the, um, oh God, they'll kill me if I get this name wrong. It's the, um, the Dark, oh, the Dark City Fight Club is the name of their tag team. And um, they just make a killer tag team, man. I mean, they just um, they debuted at the last FIP event, and um, it was like the the new version of the Road Warriors coming in or something. They came in and just destroyed the two guys that they wrestled, and you know, um, you know, the fans, you know, they kind of wanted the fans to boo them, but the fans ended up cheering them like crazy because they were just awesome. They came in and just destroyed the guys they were with, and they like. Um, just had instant chemistry as a tag team. And um, I predict big things for Corey Chavis and John Davis as a tag team. Dark City Fight Club, mark down the name. They're an up-and-coming tag team. And uh, I think they're going to make some serious waves all over the indie scene pretty soon. Any other names? Keep shooting them at me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I thought I was going to pass the mic to KZ, but... um... I was reading the other day, and I, I understand, I guess, Crew Jones just went to the hospital. So I was wondering if you had any kind of update on Crew Jones, and what, what are your thoughts on Crew Jones? 
You know, I don't know Crew Jones that well. I've only worked a couple shows with him, um, you know, in Georgia. I don't think he's ever – maybe he's come to Florida, but I honestly I don't remember. Um, um, he's ever worked for FIP. That's where most of my, you know, um, buddies are is FIP, you know, uh, as far as the guys from Georgia. Um, I've worked a couple shows for him for uh, Jody Peterman, and, um, which he was Spinebuster Wrestling and then became AWA World 1 South. Um, he always seemed like a, a great athlete, um, but I don't know too much about him. I did hear he was um, was having some health issues, though. Yeah, that's, that's really unfortunate. Uh, KZ, you back on the air? Okay, well, it seems like KZ is gone. Um, <laughs> so, um, from what I understand, the reason why uh, this whole show was organized today, I don't know what happened to Vito DiNucci, but... Um, yeah, where's uh, Vito DiNucci? What's going on here? You know, it's my buddy I've, Vito. <laughs> did uh did uh being on the same show with the Heartbreak Express kind of scare him off when he didn't have his uh, tag team partner? I mean, it could be, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know though. Uh, Vito and Chris man are a hell of a tag team. Uh, those are guys that Phil and I learned a lot from when we were first uh, started teaming up. Um, they were kind of the 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 top bananas here in uh in Florida wrestling, and um you know they um. Um, just great guys, man. You know, Vito. Vito is just a wealth of knowledge. So is Chris Nelson. I was looking forward to Vito being on here. Okay, well, um, since uh, we were going to discuss tag team wrestling, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and ask you some tag team questions. Now, if you sure. have four guys in there, and on either team they have uh, a lot of chemistry together, and then they're able to perform magic in there, what does that offer that a singles match can't offer? I'm sorry, can you, can you, hold, just give me one second. Hold on one second. I'll just make sure my phone doesn't die here. Hold on. All right. Can you go ahead and ask me that one more time? I'm sorry, bro. Yeah, yes, sir. Okay. So, if if you – I'll just throw two teams out there. If you have the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express in there, what can that match offer you that a singles match just can't offer? Well, it's just it's definitely a different dynamic. I mean, there's um, you know, tag team wrestling is definitely an art form. It's it's totally different than singles wrestling. Um, you know, the psychology of it just changes. Uh, to me, there's more drama in a tag team match. Um, you have um, um, you know, the traditional tag team matches. You know, you have the those you know the strong uh, fan favorites against the rule breakers and generally you know what will happen is you know the fan favorites will you know usually dominate the the beginning of the match and really get the fans going crazy and then um the gist of the match will usually be around um the rule breakers um you know taking advantage of the um of there being only one referee normally out there and you know basically cheating behind the referee's back and basically ends up you know dominating with the, the you have the drama of um two guys beating up one guy usually they'll isolate the fan favorite and put down the beating you know case in point if you get the midnight express against the rock and roll express generally what would happen would be the midnight express would isolate uh ricky morton and would start putting the beating on Ricky Morton in the corner. 
um, while you know Jim Cornette or one of the other you know or the other member of the tag team would distract the referee and you know would bait would bait Robert Gibson in, which would cause the referee to be distracted with Gibson, so that you know Eaton and Condre or Eaton and Lane could go to work on on Ricky Morton, and you just you build up that that um that drama with the fans, you know the fans are seeing one of their you know favorite wrestlers just getting double teamed and double teamed and double teamed and seeing them get beaten down and the fans just you know get to a point where they're just ready to burst and um that's generally um when um you know the fan favorite will will somehow summon that you know intestinal fortitude to um to make the magical tag to his tag team partner who comes in fresh and then clears house on the um two evil rule breakers that have just beat, been beaten up on the fan favorite and that's generally when the um you know the house comes down the people go crazy and um you know and then just all heck uh, ensues basically um you know that that's your traditional drama of a tag team match and um it's something that's a formula that's been done you know millions of times over and over and over again to me there's this it never gets old as there's so many different ways it's basically the same story but it is a million different ways to tell it and to me it never gets old especially um you know in my opinion you know if you have a, a seven match wrestling card to me, there should be only one tag match on that card, maybe two at the most. And, um, you know, the tag match should definitely be something that's um, that's special and, you know, is set apart from all the other matches on, on the show. You know, it just it's a different type of psychology. It's something that I think gets the, the crowds popping more than anything else if it's done right. If it's done wrong, it can just kill the crowd at the same time, the flip side to that. I have a question. This is a little uh, it's on topic. Uh, have you ever seen a match where Ricky Morton took the heat instead of Robert? G- I mean, vice versa. Have you ever seen a match where Robert Gibson took the heat instead of Ricky Morton? I don't think yes, I've ever I seen have. A Very... Oh, really? Um, yeah, it actually uh, it was the Heartbreak Express against the Rock. <laughs> the, the last, it was the last the last time that that Phil and I wrestled uh, Robert and Ricky. Um, it was actually we took the heat on Robert and. Um, and we yeah we beat Robert's ass for about about 15 minutes <laughs> before Ricky made the hot tag and um, yeah it was a little different you know we just you know that was all improv so uh, we set a precedent in that match. <laughs> did, did Ricky know what to do? Yeah, did he came Ricky in and kicked. Any idea? <laughs> yeah, he came in and he came in and kicked our asses when he made the hot tags. What he did, he he put from what I heard, he punched me right between the eyes. Actually, clocked me pretty Stiff good. Right hand. Yeah. Oh yeah, he came in and. Um, it's not that. It's not that bad. He's you know those guys are just the consummate pros. Um, I gotta tell you the the the, the Rock and Roll Express. You know they might not be you know obviously in their prime anymore. But man, those guys have timing. Like I've never, I've never been in the ring with anybody that has the timing of the Rock and Roll Express. Never. What's that, guys? Kind of breaking up a little bit. I don't know if it's my phone or. Can you hear me? Shoot. Hello? Okay, is that better? Hey, there we go. I can hear you now. Awesome. All right, awesome. 
Now, um, what are your feelings on Mr. Stephen Carino? Uh, Steve's a buddy of mine. Um, he's, um, you know, um, been friends with him for a couple of years now. Um, he's always been cool with us. I mean, I know um, Steve's one of those guys. He's, you know, Mr. Controversy a lot. Um, you know, I, I <laughs> um, Steve is a worker. You know what I'm saying? You know, he's, he's a constant worker. You know, there's just no doubt about it. You know, I mean, um, Steve is... Steve knows what to do to, to that's best for Steve, and um, you know, and that's not a bad thing. That's I mean, that's you know, th- this business is all about self-promotion, about getting oneself over and getting yourself positioned in, in the best possible place. And um, and Mr. Carino is possibly the best I've ever met at doing that. Um, you know, he's it's just the way it is, man. This is you know, bottom line is you know that you got to look at this. This is a business first and foremost. And uh, you know, Steve is he's made a he's made a really good living at it. Um, you know, you just as a pro, you know, I've never dealt with him as a promoter. I, I I'll, I'm going to say that first and foremost here. You know, I've I have been a promoter. I've, I've promoted lots of shows. I've never promoted a show where I've booked Steve Carino. You know, for whatever reason, it just never worked out. So I only know Steve as a friend and as a coworker, and um, I consider him a good friend. Um, he's never been he's never been anything but but just great to me and Phil. He's gotten us booked a lot of places. Um, you know, he's always gotten us great paydays when he's gotten us booked. And um, you know, we've worked with him I think four times now. And every time we've worked with him, it's just been an absolute pleasure in the ring. Um, he's just been just a total professional. Um, you know, I'll admit I'm a, I'm a, I'm you know he's a friend of mine, but I'm a fan of his too. You know, I'm just I'm a big fan of his work. Um, How can I've you not be? A lot from, you know. How can you not be? I mean, he's right. a throwback. You know, he yeah. he was born ten years too late. Right. You right. know, really, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. He's a Steve's a yeah. He's a consummate professional, man. And I'm so glad that he finally decided to that he wasn't going to stay retired. I knew that wasn't going to last long, but um, he was serious about that, though. I got to tell you, he was dead serious about retiring from wrestling, at least retiring the Steve Carino name. That is, you know, he was never going to retire, but he was dead serious about retiring Steve Carino. The wrestler, and um, but I'm, I'm glad he decided against that. You know. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, a man that he's teamed up with quite a bit, uh, Ricky Landell? Ricky is um, Ricky is definitely um, going to be a big star in this business someday. There's no doubt about I've, it. I mean, I've Ricky seen a, I've seen a couple of shows with him live, and he was just just unbelievable. He's just such a great great guy in the ring. Uh, I yeah, mean, where yeah. do you, where do you see him in the future? Um, I definitely see him. I mean, I, I don't see. He's one of those guys where there's no way he's not going to be in WWE or TNA or somewhere just because um, he gets it. I don't know how else to say it other than that. Like he's one of those, he is wise way beyond his years. In fact, I've learned a lot from him. In in the realm of of self promotion and that type of thing, I mean, he is another one that knows how he treats this as a business. It's not a hobby to him. This is not something he does on the side. He is a wrestler full time. That's what he does. And um, in this day and age, to be able to say that is something very uh, very unique. 
And um, he is going to make it somewhere big in this business. There's no doubt in my mind about that because he's got it all in the ring. He's got the talking ability. He's got the look. And like I said, he, he's very, very business savvy. Um, just one of the few. I, I, don't, I, haven't met, I don't think I've ever met anybody quite like Ricky before, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know. It's very, um, he, like I say, he just has that it factor. And um, and he knows how to promote himself. He knows how to get the most out of the, out of promoters. And that's yeah, you know that thing. I've I've noticed that that's a lot opposite than a lot of guys that I've met and know. Is that a lot of right. guys don't take it serious and they don't take it as as a business. They take it as just a, a quick hobby and something to do right. to call themselves a wrestler. Right. Right. And I can admit, I mean, I probably started out the same way. I mean, I never thought. Um, my whole thing was, man, I just want to get in the ring once and just say I, I hustled a match and I'll be, you know, I can die happy. You know, that's basically was my attitude when I first started wrestling because, you know, I never thought I would make it anywhere. I never thought I'd be, you know, on the radio. Anybody, what the heck would anyone want to talk to me? You know what I mean? I, I never thought I'd make it as far as we have, you know, and we've been all, all, you know, all over the country and different parts of the world. Now, I never thought this would happen for us. And it's really just been the last few years that we've really – I've really realized, you know, this is a business. This isn't a hobby. You, you know, you, you can't be worried all, all the time about being friends with everybody. You know, as far as promoters, and you know, you got to really look out for yourself and really, you know, do you got to treat this as a business? You know, if you want to make it anywhere, and we're still learning that. You know, we're still. Um, it's hard. I mean, a lot of guys. Yeah, a lot of guys just don't take this serious enough, and um, most of those guys don't last long. I mean, I'll tell you, when I went, I went to wrestling school. There was probably 30 other guys at the school I was going to at the time. And out of that 30 guys, I believe I'm the only one that's still wrestling. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I might be wrong. Maybe there's one or two that are still scattered here and there, but I don't think so. I think I'm the only one that's left that's actually lasted this long. So it's a pretty rare thing to last more than a couple of years in this business. On the yeah. indie scene, anyways, you know, and even guys like even guys that get signed to like um, the WWE contracts, um, like I was talking to a few of the guys that got um, released from uh, from WWE at the last FIP show we were at. Some of the guys were still here in Florida from the FCW territory, and a lot of them had only been wrestling a couple of years, but the, basically that whole time they'd been under contract to um, WWE, and they were done. They were quitting the business. They were done. You know, they had no interest yeah. in continuing to wrestle because they didn't have the passion for wrestling. All it was was a ticket to, um, you know, a paycheck. Um, they didn't have a, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, it's not, you know, you gotta, you gotta have, you gotta treat it like a business. You gotta want to make money doing this stuff at the same. You gotta have a passion and a love for wrestling too. If you don't have that, you just might as well get out of it because it's gonna be a long, hard road any way you look at it. Whether you're signed to WWE or you're struggling along on the indie scene, it, you know, it's not easy any way you look at it. But like somebody yeah. like Ricky Landell, he's definitely mastering what it takes to make it in this business. Okay, let me let me ask you. We've we've talked a little bit about AWA. What are your thoughts on the uh, the NWA, and uh, where do you where do you uh, where where do you see them kind of going? They've they've got a TV deal now. Do you see that? Do you see that helping them a little bit? Uh, I mean, I hope so. I mean, I, I hope so. I mean, I wish you know, um, Dave Marquez and the, and the crew. You know, I wish them all the best. You know, um, 
I think um, I think Dave's got a really good mind for the business. From what I'm, I don't know him well, but from just sitting down and talking with him a few times, I think he's got a really good mind for the business. Um, I'd love to see the NWA, you know, make a um, make a big return, a triumphant return. I would love to see that. Whether it's going to happen or not, like, time will tell. Do you see yourself? Uh, do you see your you and as your and uh, with your partner coming into NWA at all in the future? We'd love to, like man. To? I'd love to. You know, we've put out feelers before, and we haven't gotten um, much of a response so far. But I mean, I, I don't know if it's because of our AWA affiliation right now or what. Um, you know, there still is, seems to be. I think it's ridiculous. You know, I I, t- I told Dave Marquez when we were out in uh, San Francisco that you know I was like, man, why can't you know you guys all just work together? You know, for the common good here. You know, I mean, yeah. it's not like it's 1984 anymore, and you know you're dealing you know Vince against Vern. You know, on, you know stealing talent from each other on a national level. I mean, let's you know why can't we all work together? to um you know try to um elevate the the you know product of wrestling you know and it just i i don't know what's i don't know what it'll take to if that'll ever even happen man i'll tell you it's hard enough for me um i try here in florida just to get the different groups to work together most people probably you know nationwide don't realize how much wrestling there is here in florida it's insane um you know you could there's a show at least three or four nights a week going on somewhere here in the state and, um, you know, I try to get the different promoters to work together, man, and it, it, it's like pulling teeth, man. I mean, nobody wants to work together for the most part. There's a couple promoters that work together, and there's people that are, you know, are friendly with each other, but nobody really wants to sit down and, and really, you know, get together and, and, like, run under the same banner and really use the best talent, pull the best talent together, run under the same banner, and really get something going that could really make some money for everybody. Can't seem to make anybody understand that. What are what are your thoughts on the the NWA champion Adam Pierce? Oh, Adam's awesome, man. I mean, he's total you know throwback old school wrestler. Um, you know, great guy. Um, you know, we've we've wrestled him a couple times and we had fun matches with him. Um, I have nothing but respect for Adam. Um, again, he's a, he's a class act. He's another one of those guys, you know, that. Um, he would definitely be on my, you know, if I was to be able to, if I had enough money to be able to put together a dream promotion out of everybody that's on the indie scenes, Adam would definitely be, you know, a big part of that. There's no doubt about it. You, know? you were you were mentioning about uh, where you're at. There's all, you know, there's there's a dozen companies. Nobody can get along with each other. Um, that's kind of how it is. I don't want to say I don't want to say they don't get along with each other. Everybody's well, friendly, they, they, but they, nobody they don't want to work together. Work together, yeah. They don't want to yeah. work together, yeah. That's 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 really similar to how it is here on the West Coast, um, right? I, I'd have to say, with the exception of San Diego, uh, there's three companies down in San Diego, and they all they all pretty much work together. Um, but pretty much that's a, that's really how it is, you know, for the most part of the West Coast as well. Jeff, 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 don't lie. They all use your ring, so they don't have a choice. Hey, what? Well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to break kayfabe there. I had to lighten it up. But um, you know what? The um, the the big difference that I that I've noticed is I I went out to uh to Tennessee last year, uh, and mm. I went to I went to a show with Tracy Smothers, yeah. and he was he was working five six days that week. And right. I couldn't believe that there I couldn't believe that there were so many shows out there in one right. week, and he was probably missing three or four of them. And when yeah. you come back to the West Coast, 
you know, there's two a month. Right. So what what are your thoughts on that? Do you think, you know, are you willing to work that much? Do you guys work that much? I, I would love or, to work that much. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, this is our deal here in Florida. I could work probably at least three or four nights a week here in Florida, but the problem is half the promotions or three-quarters of the promotions aren't going to pay us what we're used to getting paid. You know, I mean, like, again, it's, again, it's not all about money, but at the same time, man, i got to survive, you know what I mean? And if I'm going to take a day off from my day job to go and work a show somewhere that, you know, Florida's a big state. It takes me, you know, four hours to go to Miami or four hours to go to Tallahassee, you know, you know, and yeah, I'll you don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want to leave work and lose that money where you could make it somewhere else. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, there's uh, unfortunately there's only a few promotions that really, really pay really good and pay the guys really what they're worth. You know, FIP is is the best. They're definitely the best payer. Uh, UXW takes care of. I mean, they've always taken care of us really good. I don't know what the deal is with the other guys, but UXW is always taking care of us really good. There's a couple other promotions that take care of us good, but then you've got the standard promotions that pay, you know, five bucks or ten bucks for gas money, and you know that's great for the guys that are just breaking in. Don't get me wrong, you know, I've got a couple guys that I under my wing right now that I help get bookings. I kind of help them with their training a little bit, and um, you know, I encourage them to work as many of those shows as they possibly can because they need to get that experience under their belt, you know. Uh, me, I look at it at this point, every bump I take is one bump closer to my last, <laughs> even at 30, only 31, so I'm not going to go out and bump for five bucks, you know. Well, uh, take take away what, you, what you're getting uh, getting paid for at the end of the night. Where where do you like working the best without pay? Well, um, where I like working the best... Um, what are, what are some of the, mo- the the funner companies to work at? Where do you have more fun at? It, you know, take take away I mean, thinking I, I, of what, what you're getting at the end of the night. Right, right, right. Um, well, because um, you mentioned you might get, you know, you're going to get a, a nice, you know, you're going to get something nice at, at one place. You might get five bucks at the other, but, you know. Right. Where, when you go home, hey, that was an awesome show. I had a great time tonight. Where, where do you that? like working? I would say FIP is still my favorite place, you know, um, they got us doing something right now that's a little different than what we're used to doing, so it's kind of like I'm kind of getting used to, you know, we've been with FIP since the very beginning, and we've kind of like, um, of our characters and FIP have been have constantly evolved and changed, and we're doing kind of a new angle there right now that's a little different than what we've done before, so I'm kind of like getting my feet wet in this new angle right now, so it's a little different than what I'm, I'm really thrilled with doing, but I, you know, but FIP is still my favorite just because it's like a family to me. You know what I mean? It's like a family reunion every FIP show just because, um, you know, over the last few years we have gotten so close to everybody on the roster. It's not just that, too, but the fans of FIP are so loyal. I mean, you know, we pack them in every show. I mean, you know, Crystal River, Florida is the home of FIP. It's just a little town. It's a little coastal town. It's a really nice little coastal town in the middle of nowhere. And we consistently pack in at least 500 people a show usually at, at Crystal River, which is good for Florida. That's a good turnout. And it's a hot crowd, and they are just de- so dedicated, you know, and they um, they just love the product. They're just, they're just such great fans. 
Um, you know, they'll boo the hell out of you if you're, you know, if you're a rule breaker like we are. They'll just boo the hell out of you and they'll throw stuff at you and everything else. But then afterwards they're buying you drinks and buying you dinner because they really appreciate what you did, you know. And, um, you know, and that's, that's rare to find. And there's an offshoot to FIP now, which is called Pro Wrestling Riot. And um, that's run by uh, the, the owner of FIP, Sal. Um, he, um, but he also does the booking, whereas Gabe books FIP. And he's using Pro Wrestling Riot as a uh, promotion strictly just for the uh, Georgia and Florida guys. They're not bringing in any of the Ring of Honor guys for this. And um, so far, that's been just a blast. I would say that's probably the most fun place to actually work right now because um, he books it total Memphis style, um, you know, run-ins and just crazy, just it's just like it's it's three hours of nonstop craziness, you know, and um, and he, you know, we're a big part of that, and and then when we're not actually out there wrestling, I do the color commentary, which I have a blast doing that too. So um, I'm just having a great time doing those shows, and the crowds there, we literally were on our fourth show. And we run out of another small town called Newport Ritchie, Florida. And we have had riots at the last two riot shows, you know, <laughs> which, is, you know, coincidentally. Wow. I mean, we've literally had the crowds riot and had to, like, literally shut the show down and get everybody calmed down, um, you know, have security, th- get rid of the get rid of some fans and then start the show over again because they are so into the show. They are just so, you know, they, you know, it, it's just – very very realistic angles and, and yeah, everything. I, I mean, yeah. the people they just believe what's going on, and it's it's awesome. Riots are missing from wrestling today, in my opinion. I want to see more riots in wrestling. Well, I've been in the middle of a couple of them, man, and I'll tell you, <laughs> I know you know, <laughs> it, 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 they're um, yeah, they're fun to watch. They're not as much fun to be in the middle. <laughs> I've been hit with like- a lot of objects. You met, you mentioned uh you know wanting to uh possibly get in get in uh get out here for uh NWA show possibly. Is there any other companies uh you know even out east that you haven't worked yet that you guys want to go out to? Um I don't know, man. Out east it's like, you know, I I really you know man, when I, you I, get there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I'm from the north originally. I'm from Rhode Island and um but man, ever since I've been in Florida, man, I definitely I should have been born a Southern boy, man. I love the South. And, um, you know, we've been to, you know, like I said, we've been to Ring of Honor. We've been to Chikara. And we've, um, you know, done a few other promotions out there. Um, and there's not, I mean, yeah, I mean, I would love, you know, if Quack would ever book us again, I'd like to go out to Chikara. Um, you know, um, of course, if Gabe ever wants to bring us back to Ring of Honor, you know, we're ready to go there. Um, and, um you know, we've spoke, there's been a couple, you know, I don't want to get into everybody's business, but there's been a couple times where we're supposed to go back to ROH with an angle, and for whatever reason it hasn't happened. So hopefully they were still in the back of their minds for something coming up. You know, that would be fun, of course. Um, but, yeah, I, I just really love the South, man. I, and what you were talking about before, about, like, the shows in Tennessee, um, like uh, Dennis Condre called me the other night, you know, from the Midnight Express, and um, he was just trying to convince us to move out there, you know, move to um, Tennessee or Virginia, man. Because he told us, he's like, he's like, you know, he told me that he really thought we could make, you know, we could definitely work five nights a week easy and, you know, make enough money to actually be not have to do a day job. 
So. Yeah, that's just like that's just like what I said when I I, I had I had passed through. I went to the uh, the NWA Legends show in August, right. and uh, as I was passing through, I stopped uh, I stopped by to see Tracy Smothers, and you know, anytime I talk to him, he's on the road. He's on the road right. six days a week, and you know, he says, you know, I take Mondays off, you know, but I mean, if he wants, he can work it. Right. And it's just it's it's completely different than it is out here on the West Coast, and I don't think a lot of people really realize. That you know you can you can really be on the road every single day, you know, right. in the south or in you know in that area. And really you know the one out. thing, the one thing like we, I mean, we were really seriously considering that because we actually had an offer to go and um, do a program with uh, Ricky Morton and Bobby Eaton, where we'd go around to all the you basically take it on tour where we go around to every town with with Ricky and Bobby as a, as them as doing like a new as a new tag team together. And, um, you know, it's something we're still strongly considering, but then, like, you know, my contacts, my, you know, quote-unquote, you know, insider, higher-up contacts in the business all tell me, oh, shit, don't do, oh, excuse my language there, I'm sorry about that. I don't know if you oh, you, don't, that, you, but, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> okay. Um, but they, so they, they all said, um, you know, don't do it because you're going to be completely off the radar if you go to Tennessee. Nobody follows anything there. You know, it's going to be like you don't exist. Even if you're working five or six times a week, you might as well not be working anywhere. So it's 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 hard, man. It's hard to know what to do. You know. Do you think I mean, the other thing. Do you, do you think working? Do you think working that much is really going to set you guys off the radar? I don't know, man. Because honestly, it's hard to say. I mean, I had no I had no idea there was that much wrestling going on in those areas. Yeah. You know, until until you know guys like like I said, Dennis and um, Ricky Morton and those guys filled me in on how much work is actually there. I would have had no clue. And I and I follow. Th- I think I follow things pretty closely as far as the business goes. And you know they run so many small like redneck hick towns that I don't even know if they have the internet in some of you know those places. You know, I mean I don't know if <laughs> I mean I don't know if the word can get out from some of those towns about what's going on, but um. You know, it's the same thing like in England. You know, when we went over there, you know, we have a standing offer to go back to England whenever we want to. And, um, you know, you can work over there seven days a week, you know, for All-Star Wrestling, which is the big promotion over there. And um, the problem is almost nobody knows about it. Yeah, you know, you know? I know I know. there's uh, there's over in England, there's uh, over in Ireland, they do like they do like three-month tours. And they're right. and they're pretty much working like four or five days a week, and right. it's just nonstop for a few months, and then they'll take a few months off. Right. I'd love to get into yeah. Ireland. I, we we were we were trying to. Um, do you know Seamus um, SOS? He's in um, WWE developmental now. Mhm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He, yeah. He was trying to get us over there to Ireland to work for him. I think it's Irish Whip Wrestling. Um, but for some reason, nothing came of that. I don't know. I need to look yeah, into I, that again. I, I know the promoter over there for Irish Whip. Really? Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if he wasn't that impressed with us when we sent him a <laughs> DVD or what. But I never really heard back from the guy. But um, I don't know. I just heard it from a promoter tonight that's supposed to be bringing us to Australia. So I'm pretty excited about that. I don't know. I. You know what? I sent him. I sent him a tape as well. And the next time I heard from him. He completely dodged it and went off to another subject. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, so is the so is the business. <laughs> well, Sean, we're gonna have to wrap it up, brother. All right, guys. It was uh, 
Definitely my pleasure having you on again, man. Hey, you know. Did, did you ever find out what happened to Vito? Where the heck's Vito? <laughs> Where is he? Where's Vito? I, I have no idea. He was supposed to be here. I know. Where is that he? Guy. I I that guy? I don't know about that guy. Being in the, the, uh, being in the Cayman Islands together. I hope we talk about that, but oh well. <laughs> well, <laughs> next well yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, Sean, I'm going to give you the opportunity. I'm going to give you the office. How can people get a hold of you if they want, you know, send you fan mail or, you know, women's underwear or, or get you booked oh, yeah. on a show? Never get enough of that. Uh, go to uh, myspace.com slash superstarshawn or go to uh, com. Awesome. Well, Mr. Davis, it was our pleasure. And the next time we have you on, hopefully uh, we can get uh, – you know that other guy. You know this. Uh, that other guy that stands in the corner when you're in the ring. Um, oh yeah, I couldn't again? pull him. I couldn't pull Phil away from his uh, female admirers tonight to do the show. Unfortunately. <laughs> well, we, we we need to have a drunken disorderly and and the and the heartbreak express on. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. That would be drunken disorderly. Trust me. Of course, <laughs> of course. But thank you for your time again, brother. Oh, you're very welcome. You guys have a good. Hey, one thank now. you. Thank you. All right, man. Wow. Now, that was a fun interview. That was tremendous. Yeah, that was tremendous. That was pretty, pretty cool. I was worried about my predecessor because uh, Jeff did a really good job there, so. Well, you've you've been replaced, uh, Mr. Saint, so. I've been suspended. Good job, Jeff. That was awesome. Oh, thank you. Uh, All right, well. I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the show, but this episode of Rebel Guard Radio is brought to you by our sponsors, WrestleWarehouse.com. If you need Lucha Libre masks, uh, pro wrestling DVDs, WWE swag, all kinds of different stuff, check them out, www.WrestleWarehouse.com. And also, FogCityWrestling.com. They have a show coming up April 12th at the Cell Space in San Francisco. Get your tickets early. I'm going to let out the number of how many tickets are pre-sold, but uh, <clears throat> they may sell out beforehand. So, uh, you no, know, I I ran when I was in the airport uh, coming home on Monday from Mania. I I uh, was hanging out with uh, I I can't forget his name. Who's what's the ring announcer for Fox? Marcus Marcus Mack. Marcus Mack. I was hanging out with him for about an hour and a half in the airport, and uh, he was. He knew I was not coming to the show, but he was still pumping the show up for me. So it you must be that up. good that he knows I'm not coming, and he was still trying to get me to go. So, <laughs> Bob City must be doing something good up there. Okay, well, so hopefully you have some fun up there, KZ. Oh, dude, me and the wife are going to have a blast. But before that, there's Lucha this Sunday. There is no. Lucha. LLI is running. LLI no, no, is running. <laughs> no, no. There's, uh, <laughs> there's Lucha up here up north, North Day. Oh. But I, I am going to take a few minutes to uh, read a press release. IHW 10th anniversary will rock the Fort Worth area on April 10th. The IHW, the cult-like backyard promotion that soared to national heights, is celebrating its. 10th year anniversary of being created. The entire year will be filled with gatherings, 
with the first being on Thursday, April 10th, 2008 at Dos Gringos Restaurant and Gantina in North Fort Worth. The event is being billed as the first reunion of its kind in nearly a decade. IHW stars are coming from all over the nation to attend this event. Past superstars attending include the Necro Butcher, who started in IHW in 1999. Necro is currently filming scenes in a feature motion picture of The Wrestler, starring Mickey Rourke. Necro can be seen wrestling on pay-per-view for Ring of Honor Wrestling as well. Other stars include the five-time IHW champion Chris Wolf, hardcore maniac Damon Richards, IHW original Balls Rider, Overboy Joey Corman, the commissioner Paul Lewis, and the promoter and performer Vengeance David Fuller. IHW began in 1998 in a backyard in southwest Fort Worth. However, it quickly made media headlines with its violence and its carelessness for the rules. IHW has been in the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, ABC's 2020 News Program, CBS 11 News, WFAA 8 News, OneWrestling.com, and featured on countless radio interviews. IHW was one of the first backyard companies to go mainstream with media recognition. Three former IHW stars went on to careers in the WWE. Former two-time women's champion Jazz, Rodney Mack Begnog, and current star of Monday Night Raw, Brian Spanky Kendrick. The event is being brought to you by Plot Digger Films, who just released the horror slash film Gutterballs, Death Strikes the Alley. This movie will set a new standard for the new classic horror slasher movies. Also, Dolomite meets Chucky in Black Devil Doll, a production of Rotten Cotton Productions in association with Lewis Brothers Film. Okay. Can I read my press release hold, now? Hold on. Will, hold on. Just a second. Just oh. a second. I'm not done yet. Got to take a breath. <laughs> Rebel Guard Radio. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's it. I'm gonna, just going to read off the websites. I'm blown up. I'm sorry, Fuller. www.plotdigger.com www.blackdevildoll.com www.texasfrightmareweekend.com and Rubberguard Radio. Those are your official sponsors for the IHW 10-year reunion. For any information, go to myspace.com backslash IHW Texas. I have a press release. How much did Fuller pay for that? Whoa, what was that? How much did David Fuller give you? How much did David Fuller pay me? No, yeah. oh, no, 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 no. It's 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 a personal favor. Mr. Fuller is a is a friend of the show, and and him and I we go way back. So, yes. I, hey, dude. I I, I, I do the favors. Him. I do the favors for you and your you and your fucking company every you know every month. What the hey, hell? I was, just I was just kidding. I'm just waiting for a fuller uh, a fuller blog for the website. RubberGuardRadio.com, where you can get all your info info on RubberGuard Radio and future guests. All righty, Alex, I'm going to have to cut you off. I'm going to hang hang you up, Alex. Alex, thank you for your time tonight, brother. Get back to work, man. Okay, we got rid of Alex. Um, oh, Jeff, you know what? You can you can stay on. Um, on the line now, we have. Mr. Jesus Cruz, the owner of, I'm going to butcher this again, Promociones Califa, which is a lucha libre company that runs in Northern California. What's going on, Jesus? Hey, what's going on, Katie? How you doing, bro? 
Oh man, I'm blown up, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm tired. I'm tired. So yeah, uh, you have the, a uh, last show. You were doing the same thing. You said you're getting tired towards the end of the show. Yeah, I just I'm getting too old for this shit, dude. I'm going on 35, man. I'm fucking old. <laughs> so uh, I I hear you got something going on this Sunday. Yeah, this Sunday, April 6th, uh, we have a uh, Lucha Libre slash pro wrestling show at the uh, Rocapulco nightclub in San Francisco. Cool, cool. So um, who do you have uh, headlining? Uh, we have the uh, Mexican minis. We have uh, Mascarita Sagrada and La Parquita. We have uh, Pentagoncito Black and Bracito de Plata. And I think uh, most uh, mainstream fans are probably aware of uh, or have seen Mascarito's work in uh, WWE before. Max Mini, uh, right? I know he, yeah, Max Mini. And um, I'm not sure La Parquita was on there or not, but he's, you know, obviously La Parca's Mini. Mm-hmm. So people remember him from that. Mm-hmm. So everything's going down April 6th at the uh, Rocapulco in San Francisco. It's in uh, 3140 Mission Street. And... Um, yeah, if anybody wants mission, any information, they can... What's that? Mission and, C- mission and Cesar Chavez, you right? Yeah, yeah, right in the corner of uh, uh, Cesar Chavez and uh, Mission. And if anybody wants any more info, they can go to califaluchalibre.com. So you almost had it right. I was close. Yeah. Well, not not bad not bad for a gringo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, you know, we'll have the Mexican Minis uh, for the main event, and the, everybody else here from the Bay Area, we have uh, Chupacabra, uh, Ulysses, uh, we have Roquero del Diablo. Okay, I'm, go- I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to cut yeah. you off right now, Jesus. I stood next to you at the Fox, this last Fog City show, and oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. we both watched the, 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 the Chupi and, and Ulysses match. And I was I put that kid over. Ulysses is the future of Northern California independent. I'm not saying Lucha. I'm saying independent pro wrestling. That kid can fucking work. Yeah, he, um, he, I heard you talking about him at the, at the last show when you had uh, uh, Caesar Black on there, and I actually have to say thanks for him to putting up, for putting us over. You know, we, we like uh, working with Fox City Wrestling as well. And uh, going uh, back to Ulysses, he's actually been working here for about uh, close to 10 years now. He used to work under a hood, and he worked for Big Time Wrestling, and he worked for a couple of shows, shows in Salinas and down in L.A., for WPW, and we just started getting him to train again uh, recently, and so we're getting him bookings, you know, all, all across California. So, yeah, he's a really bright guy. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of presence in the ring. He's a great worker. Um, so, you know, you're gonna see, you're gonna start seeing more of him, um, you know, in the, in the next couple of years, hopefully. You know. I got, I got a question for you. Um, you yeah. Since you're up there in the, near the Bay Area. Um, I know uh, Gabriel. You know Gabriel Ramirez, who's up there. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's with uh, the Revolucha, or yeah. Uh, are you? Do you work with him at all? Because I know you have a lot uh, of the same talent coming up with you know there. No, you guys work no, all together. Happened, are you guys completely separate. Yeah, we're we're completely separate. Uh, what happened was uh, um, a couple of years ago, uh, I started the you know, Lucha Libre, uh, Lucha Libre gym here in the Bay Area. It was the first ever Mexican Lucha Libre gym. And I got all these guys that used to work in Mexico, and I got them training again, and we got new people. And then I left briefly uh, for five months, and at that time, my ex-partner started uh, his own Lucha Libre promotion, and he's working with Gabe now. 
So I'm, okay, I'm back yeah, to you I, a mile. Yeah. I'm not sure what the you know what the distance is up there because I'm down in San Diego. Um, okay. And I know I know he runs all the he runs a lot of the lucha shows up there, so I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's just starting to run. Um, they had their first show uh, a couple weeks ago in uh, San Leandro, I think. Yeah, yeah San so Leandro. We're, we're we're totally different, uh, totally different entity. But I did start up all those the luchadors that he's using, and so they're still working with me in a way, you know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's see. So after after the sixth. Uh, what's your next show? Do you do you have a date? Uh, we have one tentative for uh, May seventeenth or eighteenth. Uh, back in San Francisco, uh, we still same, have, same uh, venue actually, or no? Uh, you, possibly the same venue. We were going to go to a different venue, but we're actually getting a lot of uh, feedback for this show, so we might stay at the at the Rocapulco. That's where we actually yeah. had our debut show back in uh, two thousand three, and you know we we kind of want to. Stick to one venue for now, and then kind of just work ourselves around the Bay Area, sticking to That's San Francisco. Just, it's just Oakland, an awesome venue, brother. It's just an yeah. awesome venue. I mean, it's just great. You know, yeah. I mean, I've, you, you, oh, you've I, been there I, before, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've been there for for a lucha show. I've been there for you know a, a, a rave. I've been there as as a Latino nightclub. So I've seen it in different different types of ways. But it, it's just it's just a hell of a venue. And it's also in a really good spot where people can actually take public transit to get there. Yeah, Bart, you know? uh, yeah, Bart, yeah, Bart's really close from there. Not even, not even. My wife and myself are going to park up the top of the hill in Daly City and hop on the 14 and ride on down. Oh, okay. That's old school, brother. That's old school. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that that venue is great. Every you know, everywhere, anywhere you sit or stand is a great you know because you got the ring in the center, you got the balcony. You have two bars. I mean, damn. What else do you want, you know? Yeah. So um, are you uh, thinking of bringing in any talent for upcoming shows, or did you want to just keep using the local guys? No, we're, we're uh, actually talking to a couple of people from Mexico. Um, before this show, we had a show with uh, Kirk White in Newark. We brought in uh, Psychosis and uh, Ray Mysterio Sr., so we're going to bring them back up here, and we're, you know, talking to uh, other um, CMLO superstars to bring them up here. Uh, one thing I don't, the thing I don't want to do is uh, a lot of Lucha Libre promotions are bringing a lot of a lot of guys, and they're not drawing as much as they should draw to bring the amount of guys that they bring in. So I'm trying to bring, you know, maybe one or two big names and keeping the rest local. That way, the people here in the Bay Area know who the local wrestlers are and start recognizing them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm down here in San Diego, and there's a company running right now. And uh, I tell I tell the promoter every day I see him uh, that exact same thing is is you know push the local talent because that you're going to oh, yeah. build those guys up, and people are going to really start having a following for those guys. And then yeah. you know it, a lot of people get burned out when you're bringing in the the superstars every show, every single show. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's something I've noticed down here is people, they tend to get burned out on some of the, the major stars. Yeah, and not only that, but it's it's, it's a risk bringing these big stars because uh, they yeah, happened recently down, down there in FMLL where uh, Santo and Blue Demon almost didn't make the show because of uh, immigration problems. So stuff like that can, you know, is a big factor as well when you're, you know, a promoter trying to bring in like a big name like Santo, Parca, 
guys like that who, um, you know, who might have problems, you know, with, with their working visas or whatever. So that's that's a big risk as a promoter too. So it's a, it's a good idea to build up your local talent and, you know, try to uh, draw off that, you know, maybe bring in stars once in a while. So um, how how did you go about getting the minis booked? Uh, it's actually uh, FMLL would run up here in San Jose. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with them. Oh yeah, at the um, Civic, right? Yeah, they when they started first co- started coming here to the Civic, I would uh, help out the promoter Rocky, uh, pretty much doing street team stuff. You know, passing out flyers, posters, and all that stuff. And uh, so I, I became, you know. Not friends, but I started contacting a lot of people that he would bring in, and Mascarita would always work with him up here, and that's how we, you know, first started talking, and then, you know, hit him up to uh, work the show. Well, if you could bring in any any uh, uh, lucha tag team, and price is not, in a, you know, not a problem, who would it be? Um, for Lucha Tag Teams, I actually really like uh, Averno and Mephisto. Mm. Um, are you familiar with them? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. That's, I follow, I I think, follow CMLO. Yeah, those, I think those two would probably be it. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of, of, of their work. So I would, I would have to say them. And actually, I, I like kind of the guys that aren't really popular, popularly like the Mysticos and the Atlantis, stuff like that. I like more guys like, like I said, Verno Mephisto. I, I like guys like uh, uh, there's a wrestler I really like called Negro Navarro. Uh, he's not too mainstream, but he's a really good worker. I like guys like, you know, Blue Panther. Ah, uh, Blue Panther. The Mexican yeah. Dean Malenko. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I oh, definitely want to bring Blue Panther. Um, oh. I, I can't get enough of Blue Panther. He... Jason yeah. Styles and Blue Panther. That's a match. There we go. Bam, that's you money. You mentioned Mystico, and every every single time I see Mystico booked somewhere, he ends up no showing the the show. Yeah, he's yeah he's really yeah. hard to uh, to book. I think over he worked last, boom down there, right? Yeah, over this last like two years, he's been so notorious for no showing. Yeah, yeah, I know he no showed up here in San Jose, and a lot of people were were pissed off. Actually, had a, a lot of people leave uh, and not even buy a ticket or ask for their money back because Mystico didn't show up. Yeah. There you go. So that, that that's like that's like I said, that's enough that's a risk in trying to book book big uh Lucha Libre stars. You don't know if they're gonna show up and your promotion you know, their people aren't gonna believe you next time you say that somebody's coming. That's true. So. Yeah, um as I, I was actually going somewhere with that with that tag team question. Um my my personal favorite lucha tag team just got back together. Um I'm not going to try to pronounce the name, but Bucanero and Ultimo Guerrero. Oh, yeah. I love oh, yeah. those guys. Those guys are, they are just, they have taken, taken Lucha, you know, to a, to a whole different level with their, with their, with the hybrid type style. And it's just, um, they're, they've swayed so far away from the traditional, but, and not into the garbage way that AAA has went, but they're, they're actually, uh, God forbid they they actually have a higher work rate and and I would love to see them in the ring with with uh, Averno and uh, Mephisto. Mephisto, oh yeah, they they have a great match. Uh, actually, yeah, I'm a big fan of Ultimo Guerrero as well, 
And actually, a, a, a little quick fact about him. Um, he, I heard that he was a, a big Ultimate Warrior fan, like, you know, back in WWF, and he kind of mm-hmm. patterned his name after that. His Ultimo Guerrero means Ultimate Warrior. And you can kind of see this a little bit in the design of his mask. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if, if you look at his mask, you kind of see a little bit of Ultimate Warrior's kind of design. So I, I, I always thought that was a kind of an interesting uh, a story. Well, you'll 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 see more of it when he loses the mask. So then he'll go oh, to the paint, and then yeah, there it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it'll still work. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah, man. So yeah, Lucha Libre's blowing up here in the Bay Area, man. It wasn't easy to be like this. It's it, yes, it we are like lucky. FMLL, FMLL will come in twice a year, and that was about it. It seems like all of all of really Northern California has really started to grow over this last year or two. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's it's booming out there, man. Really, with every company. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. I started looking at the uh, uh, website up here called NorCal Report, and I see the uh, the results and everything. It's like, man, look at all these shows. You know, it wasn't really I mean, there's just be like that. There's all kinds. I mean, there's there's uh, the WCWA, which WCWA, runs out of, yeah. yeah, Concord, right? It's they run in yeah. like a high school or something up there. And then there's the the Diablo, which is up oh, in Martinez. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of just small companies, but they're running yeah. and they're running regularly. Yeah. And it, it's you know, hey. More, you know, the more the more places the boys can get booked, man, the more better, you know, they're gonna, you know, they're oh, gonna yeah. make more money, they're gonna get better, and you know, fuck, you know, the fans will be happy. I mean, jeez, yeah. if if it weren't for Fog City, I wouldn't have pulled my head out of the ground. I mean, my head's been in the ground for you know eight years as far as independent mm. wrestling out here, but yeah. my head's out and. Yeah, back uh, back when I started, back when I started, it was just uh, BTW, APW, and SPW, pretty much. Yeah, that's it. And then you know, then we start, you know, everything else started up like Iron and other promotions. Do you feel Do you feel like with all these other promotions starting up, and even the ones that have been there for a while, do you feel like that hurts you at all? No, because we are we have a different product. I mean, uh, uh, Revolution, uh, Gabe's thing. He's pretty much doing the same thing we are. Um, but I, I I've like worked in this since '03, doing you know hybrid lucha and um, and American pro wrestling. So I kind of know how to how to uh, promote it properly because we do all our stuff in English and Spanish. And um, he, I guess he's just starting to come in. I mean, he's been in the business for years too, but he's you know, working mostly with uh, APW and that that type yeah. of you know their type of uh, the way they do things. So I don't know. I mean, I, I wish them luck. Um, you know, the fans are the ones that are going to benefit from all of this. Uh, we're going to just keep working, doing our own thing, and you know, just playing it work for everybody in, in California. Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. Yep. Any questions? Hold on just a second. Jeff, you've got to cover me. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, I'm in the hallway. Yeah. Oh, do you, with, with all these other shows, do you, do you attend any other shows going on right now? Do, do you go uh, and you watch your competition, and, or do you, do you feel like they're competition? No, I don't really go out and watch. Um, 
I'd go to a big time wrestling show up here just because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm cool with uh, Kirk White, the promoter, and you know, I usually go. I, I know most of the guys working. Uh, I haven't seen. I didn't go to the Revol- uh, Revolution show. I don't think I am. Um, I don't know. I just don't feel like I. Have, uh, I've been like around this for ten years, and I would go to every show around here in the Bay Area and California. We actually, we, a friend and I traveled, and we had a website where we'd interview, you know, wrestlers and all that stuff. So I think I'm, you know, I'm kind of picking the shows that I go to now. I've, I've only been to Big Time Wrestling and Fox City uh, shows recently. You you were at the last Big Time show, right? Yeah, yeah, I was there. Yeah, yeah. What'd you think of it? It was cool. I mean, you know. Kirk White's a smart promoter. He he's been in the business for for a long time, and he's, you know, he's probably one of the guys here in the Bay Area that's made money out of the, uh, off of this, like really made money off of it. Not not just enough to keep it going, but enough to you know, put some money aside. Yeah, after um, you know, he does a, you know he he uh, has the uh, signings and all that stuff that bring in a, bring him a lot of money and stuff. So he's um, definitely a smart promoter. Yeah. Um. My co-host online, Jeff, was was up there as well. He was a vendor at the fan at the festival, the fest they had up oh, there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where, and, uh, that's where I met you guys. Yeah, and uh, my other co-host, Alex, and uh, we were watching the show, and and they were commenting on on how easy the crowd was. Oh yeah. You know, because they're you know they're they're used to a, a more of a harder edge PWG type, and it's you know it's it's different. For for some odd reason, it's 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 kind of like a throwback to you know the old San Francisco territory, where that the fans out there actually believe what's going on, you know. Yeah, and yeah. It, the and the the thing is, the guys weren't killing it, killing themselves. Oh no! Oh no! No no no! I they mean, know, they uh, know who their crowd is. Yeah. I would I would look to Alex, and our draws would be on the ground because we would hear the biggest pop for you know an arm drag uh, yeah. into a drop kick. You know, and it was yeah. it was just amazing that that they would get that kind of reception for what we were watching happen. And we're not, you know, we're not used to that down here. It's a little bit of, har- of a harder crowd to please in, oh, yeah. in some oh, ways. Yeah. And we couldn't believe how just, you know, how easy the crowd was. Yeah, because they, 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 yeah. they were just there to watch wrestling and have a good time. And, and in, in a lot of ways, it's not like it's not how it is down here. Yeah, oh no. Nope. And we were just so amazed with the crowd. And so, you know, I, I wish I would have been able to see another show up there just to see if that's how it is at all of the shows or if it was just that big time show. Because that's, yeah, the, only, big that's time, the only Big Time's crowd, yeah, Big Time's crowd is more of you, kind of like your average fan. You know, your average watch WWE, that's it. Um, and then when they see something live, uh, you know, they, they pop for everything. But. More SoCal guys like that, they follow the indies. You know, they're on the internet. They follow Ring of Honor. They follow Japan. They follow all these promotions. So when they see something simple or something that, you know, isn't, you know, people, you know, almost killing themselves and they don't, they, you know, they don't pop or nothing like that. <clears throat> What's that word? Uh, descent? Oh, I can't even. I can't even. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, you know what I mean. It's like you watch something. It's like I was watching a Rudy Desensitized. Desensitized. That's the word. There you go. I was All watching right. uh, Root of All Evil, and they were talking about porn and how hardcore it is, and 
And if you see like a porn from back in the days, you're like, oh fuck, you know, that's nothing. So that's kind of I guess for the wrestling. That's actually a pretty good uh, analogy. <laughs> All right. Let me ask you, um, have you ever heard of the wrestler uh, SoCal Crazy? Uh, yeah, yeah, actually I've, I've seen um, I've seen pictures and, and I've seen his name pop up a result, but I haven't, I don't think I've seen a video or anything of him. Um, I, you know, because I, he works uh, every single one of my shows. I'm down here in San Diego with uh, SoCal Pro Wrestling. Uh-huh. If you're ever if you're ever looking for some fresh faces, he's definitely somebody that you definitely want to take a look at. Okay, and yeah, I'll check him out. You won't. You will not have to pay for his hotel because he will sleep on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. I so think if you're ever looking for a fresh face, definitely, uh, definitely keep him, uh, keep him in mind. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Hey, does uh, does uh, Hook Bombery work with you guys? Uh, no. You know what? He he's worked one of my shows a couple months ago. Oh, okay. Um, but he wor- he works a lot of the uh, a lot of the shows up in L.A. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd like to bring him back again, but uh, he's only worked one of my shows. Oh, okay. Has he been up there with you before? Yeah, he was. Uh, how many shows? He I think he worked like six. He's worked like six or seven of my shows. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's actually he's actually a good friend of mine. That's why I asked because I remember him his him saying that he was working for you. Um, a while back. Yeah, he did, you know what he did uh he did one show and he was going to do another show uh but my show ended up getting canceled due to the fires down here. No, oh, okay. Yeah, so, you know, I I definitely I definitely like to, you know, bring him back sometime. Yeah, yeah, he's a cool guy. But yeah, definitely right. he's, a, he's a great worker. All right. Well, hey Zeus, we're going to have to uh wrap it up, brother. Okay, I really man. appreciate you coming on and 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 pimping the uh, the show for this Sunday. Uh, what time are doors? Uh, doors are at four o'clock. Uh, bill times five. Okay, cool, cool. Now I know what time to get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just hit me up. Uh, just hit me up when you're there. Awesome, awesome, brother. Thanks for coming on again. Um, right, the website. The website would. I'm gonna let you it's, do uh, it. Yeah, the website is uh, www dot califa lucha libre dot com or you can go to myspace at myspace dot com slash promo califa awesome awesome jesus thanks for your time i really appreciate it it was fun it's always fun to talk lucha oh yeah thank you bro and i will see you on sunday all right man see you there all right thanks brother All right, Jeff, we had a little lucha flavor. We had some old school. Now, that was a nice little mix of a show. It was a fun show. But now, let me let me just say one thing. I have to say one thing. Uh, I didn't want to say anything with, uh, with Sean on. But to that promoter out in Florida, he's a piece of shit. And I'll never fucking go to one of more of his shows. Are you going to drop his name? I don't know his name. The... His... His name is Frank. His name is Frank Goodman. Frank Goodman is a piece of shit, and I hope he calls me because I want a refund. Or his work name is the Masked Maniac. The Masked Maniac. There you go. Um, now, the, now we're going to have heat with the show. The show? Well, he can have heat with me. Rubber Guard has nothing bad to say about him. 
but Jeff Dino does, and he can find me at SoCalProWrestling.com. But the how, how much time do we got? Uh, under a minute. Cut a promo. Okay. Look, the the show was the most garbage piece of shit show I've ever been to in my life. The only good match was the Heartbreak Express, and I told that to uh, to Sean. So for anybody out there who's in Florida, do not go to one of these shows because it's complete garbage. Uh, since we're low on time, everybody, check out SoCalProWrestling.com. Big anniversary show, April 26th, uh, in about three like three weeks now. Uh, it's going to be an amazing show, SoCalProWrestling.com. Also, all your wrestling needs, WrestleWarehouse.com. And uh, that's about it. So uh, thanks for having me on, KZ. Hey, it was my pleasure, brother. It was fun. Well, I'm going to hang you up, and I'm going to run through the rest of the plugs. Hey, thank you. Talk to you later. All right, brother. Take care. All right, guys. We survived another two-hour episode of Rubber Guard Radio. Uh, yeah, Jeff, you know, our sponsor, WrestleWarehouse.com. Also, our other sponsor, FogCityWrestling.com. Uh, April 12th. Check them out, man. Check out the website. Uh, big ups to Alex Saint and David Fuller. I got your press release on, brother. And I will be talking to you kids Love next week. Radio.